Okay. There we go. We are rolling now. We're rolling now. Down. All right. Vocal warm-up time. Ooh. <laughs> All right. Well, if the podcast doesn't work out, we should pivot to like acapella. Acapella group. Okay. I can see it. Uh, tabletop themed acapella. All right. Let's go. Uh, let's go. Let's go. All right. Hi, Jake. Hey, Riley. How's it going? Good. How are you doing? I've never been better. All right. When you're playing tabletop games with your friends, maybe having a cocktail or two and making up characters and worlds with funny voices and gesticulating wildly with your hands. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> throwing dice everywhere. Um, what's the least exciting part of this experience? Absolutely the least exciting part to me is having to do math. Um, I, don't, I don't want to add and subtract numbers. This is inconvenient and draining at best. And uh, I would love if perhaps there was a way to determine success um, without having to do that much uh, math. What? That's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't want to do math, like, how do you... There's can't possibly be any type of game with the set of mechanics that does not involve math in the tabletop world. Uh, well, <laughs> what are the odds? Actually, there is. And uh, this week, we are going to be chatting about one. How exciting. Yeah, I'm going to need your help to prevent this from descending into a rant about shareholder capitalism. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that later on. <laughs> but let's get started. Hey there, Sacred Sentinels. Welcome to another Flashlight, where we take a deep dive into different tabletop game systems. I'm Production Master Riley. And I'm Dungeon Inspector Jake. This week, we're learning about the Genesis system. Let's roll initiative. Cool, yeah. So <laughs> I figured we'd try just, like, just going through an ability check. Just to, before we go into all the details, just to give people a sense of what the flavor is like and how the sense up working. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna go through a little ability check in kind of a steampunk setting, and Riley's rolled the character for this. Why don't you tell us about your character? Ooh, certainly. My character's name is Horace McGillicuddy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> First petty officer of the starship Copernicus. Starship. <laughs> or no, the airship Copernicus. The airship Copernicus. <laughs> I love this. That sounds very steampunk. <laughs> My nickname is Monocles. <laughs> Wait, Monocles plural. Horace Monocles McGillicuddy. But monocles, like you wear two monocles? Yeah. One in each eye or two in the same eye? Uh, two in the same eye, one can flip up or down for uh, enhanced viewing. When I think of like airship pilot, I definitely think of people who need a complicated system of lenses. So this is going great. I got to look at this uh, pressure gauges. Uh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So you're you're an airship pilot in this scenario. I'm a first petty officer. Okay, for the purposes of this scenario, I'm going to assume that means that you don't know how to drive the airship very well. I'm more of a middle management type. <laughs> <laughs> Truly, what we all aspire to in life. All right, monocles. 
In this scenario, you are in the cockpit of an airship. The ship is falling apart around you. It's losing altitude. You can smell smoke coming from somewhere and you don't know where. And in the cockpit right now, it's just you and the apprentice pilot. And uh, the apprentice pilot is having an absolute meltdown. The controls of the airship look extremely complicated. Uh, here's what I'm going to ask you right now. You can either uh, try to get the apprentice pilot to snap out of it. You can try to pilot the ship yourself. Or you can just run down to where all the passengers are sitting and see if any of them have the ability to pilot an airship that's going down. Uh, you, you think that last one is probably pretty unlikely, uh, given who's currently you know, in the passenger manifest. Uh, so which of those three options sounds good? Doing it yourself, trying to get the apprentice pilot to snap out of it, or running down and seeing if anyone can help? Uh, I'm going to go with trying to get the apprentice to snap out of it. I grab him by the shoulders, look him straight in the eye, <laughs> and give him a slap and yell, Stevie, snap out of it. Okay, you're gonna you're gonna snap him. I'm gonna uh, you're gonna slap him. Uh, I, I'm gonna say that it's gonna use your cool ability, which is about your ability to remain cool under pressure. All right. And and we we pre-rolled the character sheet for you for this, and we can see that cool uses your presence characteristic. Now, uh, monocles has three points, an additional rank in cool. So what I'm gonna get you to do is uh, roll me two ability dice and one proficiency dice because you have one extra rank. Uh, because we don't actually have the dice, I'm gonna. Fire up a dice roller really quickly and put in two ability dice and one proficiency dice. You end up getting uh, three successes. You absolutely succeed at this task. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, but so so you you slap uh, Stevie. Okay. And uh, and and he snaps out of it. But but you also do end up getting two threats. Uh, so there's going to be a couple negative side effects. Uh, in this case, I think I'm going to say that you slapped him a little too hard. And so he's a little bit woozy. Uh, so he's going to have some challenges later on. And maybe further down the road, it's going to lead to some like disciplinary action. Because you're not, as a middle manager such as yourself, you're not supposed to slap your subordinates. Okay. <laughs> and that's kind of how it works in this game. You have, you have your, your, your skills and characteristics. Uh, you roll dice for those. They're balanced out by how difficult things are. And, uh, and, and that... that just counting dice and counting successes and failures resolves how things end up going. And it's, you know, it's, I think, a lot nicer in terms of math than having like, oh, I have to hit a DC of 20 for this check. And I roll the dice and I add my proficiency and my skill and everything. Here you just kind of count your successes and failures on those dice. Uh, for the listeners, uh, let's talk about what these dice look like because they are not number-based. They're not number-based. So based. let's pull up this generator here. Yeah. Um, we've got a, gr a like, let's run through. There's They're color-coded. Yeah, so the three basic, there's three basic kinds of die that uh, lead to success and three kinds of, like, uh, or not success. There's three kinds of dice that are good okay. and three that are bad, right? And th the basic good ones, uh, you have your uh, ability and proficiency die, which, which is kind of just, hey, how good am I at this? Uh, you know, how, how much skill does my character have in this thing? Uh, the other kind is boosts, and this is like, hey, maybe I'm prepared. Maybe I have some extra materials. And those are the three good kinds of dice. On the other side, there's three bad kinds. Uh, the first one is, hey, um, you know, how hard is this challenge to do? Am I doing something easy, like trying to get the um, uh, apprentice pilot to snap out of it? Or am I trying to do something hard, like seizing control of these, um, you know, this cockpit when I'm a middle manager? Uh, <laughs> you can add you know, setbacks to that. Uh, maybe uh, there's additional challenges happening. 
And then the, the, the worst kind of die, or the most, I guess, strenuous kind of die, is, is challenge dice. And these ones can add real uh, bad penalties to what's happening. It can make it much, much harder. Um, these dice have three kinds of symbols on them. Uh, there's successes and failures. If you have more successes than failures, you succeed. There's advantages and threats, which kind of cancel each other out, but then whatever you have more left of, that can generate positive or negative side effects. And this is, like, pretty minor. Like, mm -hmm. you can add a positive die to your ally's next roll. Or, uh, you know, if you have a threat, maybe you temporarily lose the advantage of cover in a gunfight, something like that. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, the much rarer ones that only come in, in, in real kind of epic situations are triumphs and despairs. Uh, a triumph would be something like, you know, way out of what you were planning to do with the fight. Like, you can just shoot a control panel out and make something happen. Uh, um, you know, a drastically bad outcome would be that the GM tells you that you learn the NPC's motives and they're fully lying and you get the wrong motives. Right? These are like really bad things to happen. <laughs> and it's a lot of fun, right? Like, this gives you a broader range of outcomes than something like D&D 5th edition where, okay, Nat 20 can have bonus good effects. Sometimes Nat 1 has bad effects, but you know what I mean, right? Yeah. Where you, there's a DC, you hit it or you don't. Um, it also gives a little more... A couple weeks ago, we talked about Dungeon World, right? Mm -hmm. And in Dungeon World, um, there was the range of like unambiguous success, mixed success, where some things go wrong, and failure. Uh, here, you can have like uh, success with a negative side effect, mm -hmm. right? You, you, there's a, a broader range of outcomes that are baked into the mechanics. Exciting. Yeah, and, and I think it works really well for players who like shenanigans you know so to give an example from a campaign that i'm currently running uh if one player wants their character to start like singing and dancing in the tavern to distract an npc from another character picking a lock uh well like a third player tries to roll insight on that npc uh the systems of like failures advantages threats triumphs despairs uh it, it gives you like a built-in mechanic for like succeeding and failing with a bunch of sequential actions that might have side effects mm -hmm. Which is a little bit more fun than, oh, you failed at the first uh, stage of that chain, therefore the chain doesn't work. Um, and it was, it was really built to um, be quite general in that regard. So um, they really built these rules to work for a whole lot of settings and vibes. They, they really don't want to lock you into one setting. Uh, and, and there have been a few setting packs that have been released, although we'll talk a little bit more in a bit about... What, what that means. Uh, one that uh, I thought was particularly fun was Familiar, where you play as like little woodland creatures that are the familiars of, of powerful mages. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. You went through the, the published ones as well. Were there any that caught your eye? Um, there's one that is a tournament style, so you can put it into a martial arts scenario like um what's that gc uh jean claude van damme Ooh. Movie, uh, it's not death wish <sighs> all right oh. this is great radio this I'm is great look radio it let's look it up it's um jean claude bloodsport bloodsport <laughs> oh hell yes. yeah that'd be a fun scenario to run through uh <laughs> also mortal Kombat is based off of the first mortal Kombat movie is based off of that same concept in the game too which is a fight to the death Oh, I'm looking Curry so surprised because yeah. I forgot there were Mortal Kombat movies. <laughs> Mortal Kombat! <laughs> that song is iconic. Um, you could also put it in like a uh, uh, 
wrestling scenario. Hell yeah. Yeah. I think there's a, or even we could do knights, right? Jousting. Like attorney. Attorney. Yeah. Any type of tournament, right? I really I kinda like, like that. that idea for a setting. Yeah. Pokemon battles, right? Oh yeah. Gladiator rings. I think that sounds really Sports. Fun. Could literally do like a football. <laughs> We play tabletop games. We're not invested in sports, let's be honest. I'm like, like ooh, a night tournament. Like, sports are just tabletop games where real people get concussions. You know, I... I, You got me there. <laughs> Maybe let's start playing sports. Next season, Campaign Spotlight will be all just us playing... Racquetball? Tennis? Yeah, that... <laughs> We have like the rough and tumble sports in mind, clearly. (laughs) I mean, all this flexibility built into it and all this kind of agnosticism towards the system and all these different types of dice uh, does make this a game that is great for people who like love to be like, oh, I'm actually like, uh, (laughs) there's like multiple ways that you can like plausibly resolve every situation. There's a lot of judgment calls about which dice you roll in that pool of dice. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, um, you know, this is a game that lets you resolve initiative, which, you know, a lot of systems, you roll the d20 and add one number. In this system, there's different ways to resolve initiative depending on whether you're springing into action or staying calm under pressure. Like, <laughs> uh, which is which is fun, and, and rules lawyering is a fun part of tabletop games, but it definitely pr- does require the type of players who... Um, like that and have that good rapport with their GM, let's put it that way. Um, actually, let, let, let's try um, exploring the role you did earlier in your decision to, um, uh, you know, slap <laughs> the apprentice pilot. Let's try it again, but with some more dice. Okay. Uh, this time we're going to say that the ship is filling up with smoke. Okay. And so we're going to add a setback die for that. But also, you have like a, a manual on how to pilot. And so we're going to add a boost die for that. Okay. So in light of those two things, would you like to do the same thing of uh, trying to smack the apprentice pilot? Would you like to pilot yourself or would you like to try um, to find someone else to pilot? This is after smacking him, which didn't... It worked. It oh, worked a little bit. I was going to rerun that, but let's do the next step Let's in do this. the next step. Cool. Uh, the next step in is, this... And you say I have a manual. So you middle, have a manual. Yes, middle management can jump in and take matters. Yes. Uh, monocles... I'll say you. <laughs> monocles, the middle manager. Yes, I'll put on. I'll flip on both my monocles, and you are going to provide guidance to the to the pilot. Yes, I'm going to crack open the book and I'm going to uh, provide guidance. So cool. I'm going to say that that would use your leadership skill. Okay. Uh, there's not like a specific middle management stat, but one of the cool things about all these settings is if you had like a setting that was just simulating an office job, you could add additional stats like delegation and <laughs> things like that. Uh, so I'm going to say that it's going to require leadership okay. and your character has um, the same number of ranks in leadership as in presence, which is less than in cool. So you have uh, two ranks in leadership and two in presence. Okay. Uh, not going to lie, your characters may be less good at this than they are remaining cool under pressure. Okay. It's going to have a difficulty of three. And as we said previously, we're going to add a boost die and a setback die. Uh, this is a lot, of, like this is a lot of dice. That is kind of how this game works. Uh, so we're gonna that's gonna give us two ability dice, mm-hmm. three difficulty dice for the challenge, 
a boost die for the manual, and a setback die for the fact that the room is rapidly filling with smoke. Okay. And this time, when we roll that seven dice, oh no! (laughs) That is a failure, but it's a failure with one advantage. Okay. So, while you do not succeed at, you know, you're in this smoke-filled, cramped cockpit, jammed with dials and gears and steampunk bullshit, you know, and uh, the apprentice pilot has put his top hat back on and is determinedly at the controls, and uh, I'm assuming you're both wearing goggles of some kind. Mm-hmm. Um, no, you're not wearing goggles, wearing you're wearing monocles. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um you do not succeed in, in, in imparting any useful information uh, from the manual. But I'll say that because you did get an advantage on that, um, I, I'll say that um, the, um, the like flight attendants of the airship hear the comforting presence of the middle manager, and uh, they're gonna get to add. Um, they're gonna get to add a boost to. Uh, their attempt to calm down the passengers next. Okay. So the, the airship is still crashing. You did you did fail the help, uh, uh, but you know the passengers will be a little bit calmer. Well, that's good. That's the important part. <laughs> you know, I think in this scenario the goal was to provide customer service, and you've <laughs> succeeded. So this is a commercial <laughs> flight airship. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> 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 this is like steampunk spirit airlines oh wow okay oh <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a steampunk dystopia i don't know what to say steampunk spirit airlines <laughs> all right <laughs> excellent um, i think this system is really cool but there is a little bit of bad news um buying genesis has gone to be remarkably tricky Fantasy Flight Games, the publisher, isn't really supporting or developing it anymore because a big publicly traded company that buys game companies and strips out their most productive assets and discontinues everything else has taken over and they've decided to focus on other products. You know, the same company has bought the publishers of Catan, the company what? that owns the rights to make all Lord of the Rings games, the company that publishes Pandemic and Carcassonne in English. Um, like, it, Sorry, it, it's just a little bit wild that we live in this era where, like, uh, there's these giant publicly traded companies, 15,000 employees, a billion dollars a year in revenue, and they can just buy up hobbyist game developers and pull the plug on <laughs> cool creative projects to maximize free cash flow. Uh, that's terrible. Yeah. That's- <laughs> <laughs> it's really grim. Uh, and and when, when we went into this episode, uh, you know, I played around a little bit in Genesis. I, pl- I played a game in it once, and I was really excited. And in doing research, I learned that, no, <laughs> this game is no longer being actively developed. Oh, no. Is there a stable version that we can yeah. access? Yeah. How does that work? So you can still buy the rule books on Drive-Thru RPG, and we'll put a link to that in the show notes. Uh, we can also link to the uh, excellent online dice roller that we used here. Okay. Uh, this game isn't actively being developed, but it like it, it is still a lot of fun. Yeah. And uh, it introduces some really interesting mechanics that really enrich uh, how ability checks work and how successes and failures work, and I think it's still worth playing. 
Um, there's also, you know, this part of why I'm really optimistic about um, Paizo, the company that makes Pathfinder, okay. is coming out with their uh, uh, open RPG creative license or ORC license. And uh, I don't think anyone else calls it ORC. I think they just say ORC. That's just, I just like the idea of an ORC license. Um, but, but, you know, it, it, what they're really trying to do is put uh, system documentation and kind of those overarching rules mm-hmm. uh, in the hands of a nonprofit so that the IP is not owned by a company that can be bought and, and strip mined. Uh, I'm really optimistic that things like that can prevent things like this from happening in the future. I will yeah. I will stop ranting about this. <laughs> it's just really disappointing. <laughs> yeah, that's the plot of Wall Street. Yeah, a hundred percent. Gordon Gecko's buying tabletop games now. <laughs> Trading places, but it's about like the the price of D and D tomorrow. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's wrap, uh, it up. let's wrap it up. That's that's it for this week. I've been Jake behind the mic. I'm production master Riley, and you should absolutely give the reoccurring NPC an unsustainable Scottish accent. Do you have an unsustainable Scottish accent? Oh, don't make me do this. <laughs> um, <sighs> I don't. All right. Oh my God. <laughs> the most Scottish thing I've ever heard. Uh, uh, do, do you run your own home game? Uh, tell us about a cool homebrew item, and we might feature it in an upcoming episode. Give us a call and tell us about it at 724-3-2020. Join us next week when we chat with Sam about running some extremely cool combat encounters. For more on the show, including links to all our social media, visit foldedfrequencies.com slash campaign spotlight. Can we not have you in... Like, you just don't put any music in? You just make that at the end of every episode from now on? Yeah, could do that. Is that copyright infringement, though? It'll be fine. I'm off key. <laughs> You're nailing it so well that people thought that it was uh, the studio. The studio. <laughs>